Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. My feet are beautiful today. These are pretty comfortable. I might actually, I might preach for a couple hours. This might uh, just hold up. My feet are beautiful, I mean, in one sense, but beyond that, because I bear something with me today, I have the good news of Jesus Christ. I've got the Word of God. This is the greatest gift, the greatest weapon ever given to mankind. I'm going to say that again. Greatest gift, greatest weapon ever given to mankind, the Word of God. Amen. Uh, I posted a couple of days ago about a gentleman named William Tyndale um, in 15. 15- 36, William Tyndale lived in a time when the Scripture, the Bible, Old and New Testament, would, could only be read by the elite because it was only translated into Latin. And so the common person wasn't allowed to read it. You had to take the priest's word for what it was being said. And, uh, and William Tyndale and also Martin Luther, who translated the, the Scripture into German, William Tyndale felt so strongly, he poured his life out saying, we, the common person, needs to have this Word of God. And in, in uh, what was the year that I said? 1536. Because of that stance, he was, his throat was slit and he was burned at the stake for translating the Scriptures into English. English. And, 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 say, and as he did that, he screamed, God, open the King of England's eyes. And... Uh, Four years later, all based on William Tyndale's work, the English translation of the Scripture started to go into the hands of the common people. Folks, I wouldn't have been able to read this. You wouldn't be able to read this. This is why I make it so... I I said this earlier. Folks, it is important for you to be in the Word. I'm not your intermediary. I am not the person who will stand with you. You have direct access. To Jesus Christ, he's the good shepherd, and he's revealed in the scriptures, and he wants, my life would be a train wreck if I did not have this word. Like, I can't tell you, I have a love affair with this word. I spend time in it every day because it's like, it's life to me, and I can't wait to, it's like, every part of my life that is good came from time with the word. Direction. Folks, we need to get excited about the Bible again. This is the Word of God, and, 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 and we, listen, we're going to have a lot of it today, so get ready. In fact, let's bow our heads and our hearts to, to, to Jesus. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you dearly for the Word of God that you've given to us, that anyone in this room can read it on their phones, in their homes. It's free online. Anywhere they want to go, they can get this Word. And so we live in a blessed and highly favored time. Thank you, Father, for your word. We lean into it. We, we bless it, and it blesses us, and we receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. I do have a lot of scripture for you today, so get, it's going to be a great day. Uh, I do believe this is a very important message for us. 
And I'll start with this question. Who here, if you're online today, you're going to give the thumbs up if you would say yes to this. If you're in person, you can either say amen or raise your hand. Okay? This isn't a trick question. I know pastors do that sometimes. Who here would love to see their prayer life become more productive and powerful? Amen. Me too. And did you know that the Bible talks about that? In fact, Jesus Christ gives us very specific and powerful insight into that. If you will believe it and not just take it as lip service. I want to read you, and this is not an exhaustive list of what Jesus said, but these are some of the things that that make me go, whoa. All right? When Jesus is talking about prayer, and he's talking about how, listen, I'm going to read it to you in several spots. Again, not an exhaustive list. It'll be up on here. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. Uh, it's a good translation. I love it. It says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking. In, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Pay attention. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. And then he repeats himself, yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Is anything words interesting? Because it literally means anything. Jesus didn't take this moment to give you the list of things you can and cannot pray for. He says very specifically, anything in my name, ask me. This wasn't a one and done either. When Scripture repeats itself, when Jesus repeats himself, pay, atten- pay attention to him the first time. <laughs> but when he repeats himself, double pay attention. We're moving on to chapter 15. This is the next chapter. Jesus again says this, You didn't choose me. I chose you, and I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Next chapter, chapter 16. Here he goes again. Jesus still talking. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything, Jesus says. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done it before? Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Bonus round. I don't know about you, but every time I get to this, and when Jesus says, I'm like, whoa, 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 that, I, can't, I can't go, that's too good to be true. This is what Jesus said. It blows my mind. It blows my mind that this is our partnership and our invitation with Jesus. So what's, what's the, what's the holdup? We should be pulling out our magic wands. And everything we want, we can just go, in Jesus' name, pile of cash. And, 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 and if this is what Jesus was implying, we should have our own Hogwarts school. Where we, we teach all the incantations and the proper words to say so that we can, we can levitate things and we can do whatever we want and we all have our special little magic wands. And I hope the fact that I dropped a Harry Potter reference steps on your toes a little bit. This, folks, if I've offended you, lean in even deeper. This is not what Jesus is implying here. 
you need to understand something very specifically, and this is why we need, we need, to, we need to listen and d- dive in. Because the name of Jesus is not a magic word. People say Jesus Christ all the time. It's not a magic word. It's not an incantation. It doesn't work that way. Just saying in Jesus' name, this is important, just by saying in Jesus' name doesn't mean I'm praying in Jesus' name. I can say, dear Jesus, thank you for this food that you've given me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I might be praying in Jesus' name, but just because I added that little tagline along my prayer does not guarantee that I'm praying in Jesus' name because his name is not a magic word. Don't believe me? Let's, let's let Scripture speak for itself. One of my favorites, one of my favorites, and I hope you have, if you've read this before, you'll love it. If not, I hope I can be the first person to introduce you to the seven sons of Sceva. Some of the hilarious, I'll just read it. Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation. Saying, I command, wait, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. I put my wand away. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. Look at me. They had some success using their magic word. But look what happens. But one time, they, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul. But who are you? The man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Yes, this would be a, it would be a rated R show, but it would be a good one to see. With, you know, censorship. And I imagine as they're, as they're, as they're running out of the... <laughs> I try not to imagine them running out. They're fully clothed, when, no, loincloth, loincloth. And as they're running out, I imagine they're saying, but we said the magic word! We said the magic word! The name of, the name of Jesus is not a magic word. I can't emphasize that enough. The name of Jesus, saying in Jesus' name, is not an incantation that will get you anywhere. We need to understand what it means to be in and pray in Jesus' name. I want to talk about prepositions. It's an English phrase. A preposition is, as an English teacher, here's how I would have described it to you. I would put a box out here. and I, A preposition is a p- part of speech which uh, gives you a relationship to a something else, right? So I put a box here. A preposition is anything I can do to a box. I can be, or any position I can have with the box. In, by, around, on, under, all those things. Those are prepositions, okay? When Jesus very specifically in those scriptures that we read says, pray in my name, or when he says, pray using my name, it's the exact same preposition. It's the Greek word. Uh, it's E-N-N. It's Strong's, if you want to look this up later, Strong's G-1722. It is a primary preposition denoting a fixed 
position and goes further. Oh, this is too good. A relation of rest to war. A fixed position, a relation of rest to war. I want to open our eyes and our mouths and our hearts and our heads and our understanding to know that the only way to be in Christ is to be fixed at rest in him. To, to, to pray in Jesus isn't, a, isn't an incantation. It is a fixed position where I am planted in, I am at rest in, and now I can pray because I understand I'm in Christ. We're going to expand upon this. Paul had it. Paul was in Christ. He gave, his, he, he gave it all to him. Lord, I'm all in with you. I'm all in with you, Jesus. The seven sons of Sceva did not. And so when they're like, in Jesus' name, Zabracadabra. In Jesus' name, whom Paul preaches about. Young people, very specifically, saying, uh, in, in Jesus' name, whom my parents love, will get you nowhere in your life. It's not just for you, it's for all of us. Saying, in Jesus' name, whom Pastor Andy constantly talks about, will get you nowhere. Because that's not your Jesus, that's my Jesus. You, ha you have to be in him. I don't get to be in him for you. I can encourage you, I can point you there, I can be in him as best I can. But until you say, yes, Jesus, I am all in, forever, always, every part of my life, in with you. You have to be in him. He has to be in you. And anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Not anyone who uses the name of Jesus is a new creation. Anyone who is in Christ, he makes a brand new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And the question is, are you at rest in Jesus? I think far too many of us who call ourselves Christian are living an agnostic lifestyle. He has, he's not in any of our equations. He's not in our financial equation. He's not in my health plan. He's not in my marriage. He's not in my, my, my business. He's not in my planning of my life, my retirement. He's just, he floats around there and sometimes I come to him. If anyone is in Christ... In Christ, you can't expect to use the name of Jesus as a magic wand when you have nothing to do with him in any part of your life. Now I say that with a caveat, because his grace is so much better than mine. <laughs> He's so much better, and, and, and I love that he puts inside of us even that foxhole confession. We're like, Jesus, save me! And I believe he honors that. I do, and like so if it were me, I'd be like, listen, buddy, you've never talked to me in your whole life. Enjoy hell. No, I would never do that <laughs> to most of you. <laughs> but Jesus is so good. But we have to understand we don't live an agnostic lifestyle and then expect a dynamic prayer life. Because that's not being in Jesus' name. That's trying to pull him out when I'm at, by the slot machine. And this is the time. In Jesus' name, abracadabra. No, I'm in Christ. I have to be in Christ and then in his name. This is, this is good. The Roman centurion, you know the, the names Lord, Master, Savior, Friend, Father? Those are not Jesus' names. Those are titles that you get to give him if you'll allow him. 
He is all of those things. He wants to be all of those things. He's the best at all of those things. But until you come to him and say, Master, Father, Friend, you're not letting him be that in your life. The Roman centurion in the gospel, he, he, uh, he wasn't even a Jew at that, you know, and, and he came to Jesus and he said, Master, one of my servants is sick, and I'm a man under authority just like you, and if all you do is, if all you just say the word of healing, Jesus, my servant will be healed. And Jesus was blown away. This Roman centurion gave him the position of master in his life, of the Lord of his life. And he, said, he bragged about him. He's like, I've not seen such faith in all of Israel that somebody would come to me with that heart posture. You understand being in Christ is, is a positional fixed at rest. I find myself, it's like, you know, are you comfortable in your own skin? That's okay. Don't be. Be comfortable in Christ's skin. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. There's power in his name, in his name. He'll be in him. Now, I, I want to I get into Ephesians. And Ephesians is an amazing book of the Bible. In fact, I would love to sit here. I'm going to read you a lot of it, a lot of chapter 1 and 2. There are six days in this week before next Sunday. If you were to read one chapter a day, there's six chapters, you could have read the entire book by next Sunday. I challenge you to do that. Make that a challenge. Because I, 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 I want you to go to the Word and verify it and not just take my word for it. I'm going to read you a lot of what Ephesians says and I, because it's unveiling something about the profoundness and beauty of us being in Christ. And, and so I'm going to go through chapters 1 and 2 and give you kind of a highlight reel of amazingness. And this is the Word of God. Get ready and get excited. Um, we're going to start with Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. All the scriptures will be on the screen, but I, I, again, I dare you, read it all when you get home. Here we'll start at chapter uh, 1, verse 3. It says this, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we are united with Christ. That's the same word, E-N, in, in Christ. One, at rest in. You are, uh, some of you are getting this. Look at me. You are blessed with Every spiritual blessing, everyone in the heavenly realms, because you're united with Christ, in Christ. I need to take a moment here because you can't treat scripture like a recitation. Like this is the truth. When he says you, you are united with him in every spiritual blessing, you have it. You've got to believe that. And that's what being at rest in Christ is. Like, whoa, I mean, that's what it says. That's what's true then. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us where? In Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Now, don't fall asleep on me here. I realize I'm reading. This is the word of God. It's better than anything I could say when I'm not reading. Listen up. We're skipping down to verse 9. It says this, God has now revealed to us the mysterious will regarding Christ. 
which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. This is the mystery revealed to you. The ages past always wanted to know this. Now it's being revealed to you. At the right time, he will bring everything under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Everything, everything in heaven, everything on earth is under whose authority? Okay, whose authority? If you don't believe that, you will have this much of a prayer life. If you don't believe that the governments, did you realize that there's not one government that's, been, that's there that God didn't allow and appoint and has authority over? Even if you didn't vote for him. If you don't believe that, then you, why, you wouldn't have any, any effect praying. But if you really believe that, if you really catch on to that, all the authority has been given to Jesus. Everything, he has authority over, over this government, that government. He's got authority over COVID. <gasps> He's got authority over my... If you really believe, you realize, then all of a sudden the invitation is like this. Oh my goodness. He has 100% authority. It's all his, under his jurisdiction. He can do whatever he wants with it. Do you want your life under his authority? Do you want your, your health under his authority? Your marriage, your job, all of these things under his authority. It's here. It's in black and white. It's the word of God. He's saying it's all under his authority and it's about to get better. Ephesians 19, we're, going, we're skipping down just a little bit. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. I, I pray that you will understand. We just, we just showed you God's Jesus has complete authority. And he says, I also pray that you will understand that this God's power, it's for us, in us. Well, that sounds so... Yes, that's what the Bible says. If you're in Christ. It's for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's you and me, the church. Everything's under his authority for our benefit. It's all under authority. That, that, oh. I wish I could like zap our brains and make us understand this. Everything. The most tragic, like all the things you've been praying for. Oh, I don't know. Could you ever do this? It's under his authority. If you'll get a hold of that, your prayer life will be, will be more like a kid skipping through a candy store than it is a kid sitting in a, in a, in a den of lions. <laughs> because it's possibilities rather than problems. It's all under his authority. Snickers bar. I like Snickers. But we sit there like, oh, COVID. Ah! <laughs> there's nothing you can do, is there? Lord, if there's anything you could possibly do. It's all under his authority. All under his authority. 
I got to keep going. It's all, that authority, it's all under his authority in Christ. It's the fixed position. It's all that's under his, at rest in him. It's all him. He has the authority. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 6, don't fall asleep on me because you'll, you'll miss out on good stuff. It says this, once you were dead in sin because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in it. You used to live in it. You used to be in a fixed position. I'm expanding here. You used to be in a fixed position at rest in your sin. That's where you used to be. If you've come to Jesus, that's not the case. If you have not come into Jesus, he's just an incantation. You may still be in that fixed position in sin. You got Jesus is the only way. You used to be live in it, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live in that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nation, excuse me, nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God... But God is so rich in mercy, and he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with him in Christ Jesus. Where, <laughs> where is your fixed position of rest? It's not in this world. It's not looking at all the problems. You have a fixed position. It says, in the heavenly realms, you are seated. Which means, why does it say you are standing in the heavenly realms? Because you're not at rest if you're standing. You are seated in the heavenly realms at rest, in Christ Jesus, under whom we've just shown all the authority, every bit of authority in heaven and on earth is his, and I'm with him, I'm in him, oh my, oh my. I'm a little excited about this, this is so important that we get. This is the th very thing Jesus prayed when he, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus gets what he prays for. He said this, he's praying, he says, you are in me, Father, he's talking to God, and I am in you, and they, talking about us, uh, and they are in us so that the world will believe you sent me. He says, I'm in you, you're in me, they're in me, we're in it, we're in it to win it. But you, you, you got to believe that this is where you are. We sing songs like he's running after us, and that's true, but the truth is he can't leave you. You're seated with him. And if you'll just, in those moments, like, yeah, we sin and we fall short, but we just turn our hearts and look, he's right there. He's like, I still love you. I'm with you. Are you with me? You're in it to win it. You realize your prayer life should take off with this, with this revelation because it's, it's, it's he has all authority. And it, it, <laughs> okay, I'm not done. Like it or not, we are seated in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. I pray that we're getting this. I pray that this revelation will sit deep into us. 
in Christ, you're never alone. There's no agnostic life. If you've been living an agnostic life where he has no realm in your life, stop. Just, just turn and know he's there. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. If you come to Jesus, it's, it's not a matter of an incantation. It's a matter of I'm all in. I'm with you. And he says yes, and you're forgiven. And he seats you in the heavenly realms. He declares you righteous and holy and perfect in his sight. And so that you can sit there and be in him and him in the Father. And you all, oh, I know it's dizzying. But watch this. It goes on in Ephesians 2.10. I love this. It says this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What happens when we're in Christ? At a fixed position of rest in him, he makes all things new, and you become literally his masterpiece. Other translations say workmanship. It's all based on, this, on the same Greek word poema, which is where we get the word poem. And let, me ref- let, me, let me translate it for you this way. We are God's poetry. When we are in Christ, he, he turns your life into a poem of beauty. Now, I know some of you don't like poetry. And you're like, I hate poetry. It's all right. Poetry is, is just simply defined, let me get this, as something that arouses strong emotions because of its beauty. Now, to you, that might be a V8 diesel engine. I don't know. When I see, when I see things, I played a clip at VBS of, of, a, of this... It was at the Olympics, and he pulled his hamstring on that last quarter uh, turn, and his father came out, and as he wept, they, they lobbed to the, the finish line. It was beautiful. It was poetry. When, when, I, when, when I was forgiven and I found myself broken and repentant, it was beautiful. When you forgive somebody an offense, it's poetic. It's God's masterpiece in you. Tinsdale, slit throat, burning uh, at the stake because of his stance that the gospel has to be translated into a way we can all, that was poetry. It was masterpiece because it was submitted to Christ Jesus. We are his masterpiece. And I'm telling you, those parts of your story that don't seem poetic, that seem ugly, that seem like they were trash, whether it was abuse, whether it was something you did, was done to you, tragedy that happened in your life, he even takes those, if you will come and give them and go into Christ with them, he takes those and he rewrites the narrative of your brokenness, of your abuse, into something beautiful. The scripture says he makes all things beautiful in his time. He turns your life into a poem. Even those tragic parts, he rewrites the narrative into a poetic beauty that actually draws mankind to Jesus because it displays his wonder. If I give it into him and I believe it's in him, he'll rewrite that narrative. He makes all things new. He works all things for the, together for the good of those who love him. If you go into Christ, if you believe you're in Christ, not just lip service anymore. No more. We don't have time for lip service in our life anymore. We got to be in Christ. We got to believe we're in Christ. We don't walk away from it when we leave these doors. He's not no more. You're no more in Christ here than you are out there in your car or at your work. You're in Christ, and therefore your prayers are powerful. He says, "Ask anything in my name." 
be in Christ. I got to finish here. Finishes here in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Watch this. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Other translations say becoming the, we are the holy of holies. In, in the ancient temple, there was a special secret spot. It was the holy of holies. It was the most sacred place on earth. That's you now. You've been made into that if you've come into Christ. The holy of holies. Stephanie, I'm going to have you come up. Listen, we pray in Jesus' name and we conclude our prayers that way. All of that's good and appropriate and well. We need to understand that it's not a matter of an incantation. It's a matter of a heart that's in with Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. There's no sin that separates you even further than, uh, from God than any other. It's just a simple, Jesus, forgive me. I'm, and he's like, you're in. I'm, you're in me. I'm in the Father. We're one. Ask anything in my name. We're going to take this world. We're going to have such a poetic thing here that people won't, can't help but run to Jesus Christ. So as Stephanie plays, we're going to sing I Surrender All. And you can sing that all, but make that the posture. Like, it's a life of, it's, oh, I surrender this to you. You're my master. You're my Lord. And we're going to, we're going to posture ourselves in Christ. And then Pastor John's going to come up, and he's going to lead us in a prayer. And, and if there's something that you're petitioning and asking the Lord for, that's the time. We're going to pray into that with you. In Christ, in Jesus' name. So you could bow your heads. Whatever posture you need, just focus on Jesus, whom you are in.
Father, thank you for your presence as we just surrender to you, Father. Jesus, Father, to be in right standing with you, to know you as our Lord and Savior, and to call upon your name. Father, it's such a wonderful thing, and we call upon your name this morning. And as I'm praying today, I'm just going to ask you that are watching and those that are here, if you're believing God for something, we're going to pray in Jesus' name. I just want you to just kind of raise your hand and just say, and you're standing in the gap. You're believing God for something in your life. You don't have to tell anybody what it is. God knows. So just raise your hand. Just put it up. So, Father, you see the hands that are raised. You know the hearts, Father. You know what the hand represents. And I pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, by your authority, we pray, God, that you would meet that need according to your purpose, according to your riches and your glory. We thank you, Father, whatever that need may be. Father, in Jesus' name, that is met, Father, in your name we pray. And, Father, I also pray, for our, Father, for salvation. I pray for restoration in relationships. I pray, Father, restoration in the mind. I pray restoration, Father, of the hearts in Jesus' name. And I pray healing, Father, on the body. Father, in Jesus' name, by your authority, we pray, Father, and we thank you. And we celebrate, God. We know that you are faithful, Father, to answer. You are faithful, Father. And we just surrender. And when we surrender, Father, we surrender everything. When I pray in your name, Jesus, I don't have to worry no more. I don't have to fret. I don't have those feelings because they're replaced with faith and knowing, God, that you hear the prayer of a righteous person, those who are in right standing. Father, those who know you and call upon your name, those who have that relationship, God, when they pray in your name, God, you hear and you answer according to your will. And we thank you for that, Father, as we just continue to move forward in faith and in hope, Father, that we are assured, God, of that in Jesus' name. So we thank you and we give you praise. And everybody said, amen. amen. I just pray blessings upon you. You go out and have a God-filled week. And remember, Jesus is the good news. Go spread his love. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.